Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in again. You are again listening to Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK geek science fiction fantasy and horror podcast. Episode 505, recorded on Saturday the 28th of October 2023 at 003640. Oh, there is... Chaos in my TARDIS slash studio. Had a weird noise thrumming loudly through the mixer. You know how when you buy really quality studio headphones, it says that they're capable of withstanding like a million decibels, which, of course, you wouldn't listen to at that volume. But one of the reasons that's handy is that if you're not wearing them at the time, but they're plugged into all your gear, and you get some extremely loud noise, it won't blow out the headphones. And that's happened a few times. Anyway, I found out what the problem was. Solved it. And hopefully there'll be no more disturbances. And to make sure, I've also turned off the PC's audio as well. Muted that. Ah... One last studio detail that I haven't told you that I intend doing from now on is to tell you which mic I'm using, and tonight that is the Shure SM58. Yeah, back on that one. Don't even ask. Okay, revisit journal. First of all, welcome back to my classic Doctor Who revisit that has been going on since 2014. I am sorry for my absence. I was away for a while because I was beset by a number of mishaps that are only now resolving themselves slightly. There's still a lot of (laughs) trouble at Lacaz Matur, like, uh, for instance, the car, the car, the Eon Hawk, because Millennium Falcon was taken. (laughs) is on its way to the recycling place. I can't bear to say scrapyard. I feel sad about doing that, but the car is past its usefulness, unfortunately. I would save it if I could, but I can't. It's just so uneconomical, so polluting, and the parts are so expensive. It's getting to the point where it's becoming a hazard. Ah... Oh well. That does of course mean that I'll need to look for another vehicle. In fact, we were doing that earlier this week, but then we had a look at ULES and we had to cancel the deal because ULES and Clear Air Zones are popping up everywhere. And if you want to travel to a foreign country like France, for instance, that's also an issue. Ah, It's all over the place, man. It's all over the place. And that's also the case for my epic motorbike trip that I was planning. Yeah, I haven't passed the test yet, but I was planning something a little less ambitious, but still quite far on a moped. But no, yeah, emissions, that's a problem. Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm boring you with all this. Let's go back to Doctor Who. In pod, let's see, 488... I reported about how Russell 
T. Davies was saying that his view was that the entire back catalogue of Doctor Who, that is the classic Doctor Who as well as New Who, which is already on there, should be all on and available on iPlayer. I, of course, agree with that view. It's definitely, as he says, part of our cultural heritage and as a Whovian, that should be out there. And it also helps me, although I have access to the entire series, of course I do. I'm doing this revisit podcast. It would be nice if listeners had that too. And to a large extent they do, but having it on iPlay makes it even better. Okay, I had to stop recording for a few minutes. There was a disturbance in the force, and also upstairs. Ah, the curse of having a studio under the rest of the house. When I say under the rest of the house, yes, it would be highly appropriate for someone like me to be podcasting from below the earth, but that's not the case. I just meant the upstairs. Oh, dear. Now I'm trying to remember where I was. Yeah, so I agree that the whole of Doctor Who, including classic Doctor Who, should be on the iPlayer, and that is going to happen fairly soon. I suppose as part of this year's festivities, they, the BBC, said that in addition to making that video available, there'll be a massive upload of Doctor Who documents that we've put into an archive that will be available for everyone as well. So that's great news. Story 001, An Unearthly Child, which we covered back in 2014, is, though, mired in rights negotiations with the son of the original writer and rights holder, Anthony Coburn, like the Daleks created by and whose intellectual property was owned by the late great Terry Nation, Doctor Who ownership is not clear-cut and quite complicated. On the other hand, An Unearthly Child is available on Britbox, I believe, and also DVD, of course, and probably VHS, going back quite a way, and I'm sure that Pirate Captain Rack, of whom we shall learn more tonight, would not let mere ownership of a thing get in her way. I've said all that stuff, and I still haven't said which Doctor Who story we're talking about tonight. Tonight, we are talking about Enlightenment, which should conclude the Black Guardian trilogy. Okay, let's talk notes. The Fifth Doctor was played by Peter Davison. His companions were Tegan Yovanka, played by Janet Fielding. Vizlor Turlo, played by Mark Strickson. Captain Stryker, played by Keith Barron. Mariner, played by Christopher Brown. Captain Rack, played by Linda Barron. Linda Barron, as well as being 
an actress in this, was also famously a lot later on, Nurse Gladys in Open All Hours, a British sitcom. She was also a singer, and talking about singers, her first mate on her pirate ship was a chap called Mansell, played by Lee John, who was the lead singer of, wait for it, Imagination. And of course, that amazing hit that I always thought was number one, because it's so good, but actually only reached number two, Just an Illusion. Oh my god. I thought his face was so familiar. What is wrong with me? Ah, uh, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, Lee John is in this. The director was Fiona Cumming. The writer, Eric Sword, of whom we've talked about many, many times. The producer, John Nathan Turner. Locations, well, this was all filmed in studios, Ealing Film Studios in 1982, and BBC Television Centre in 1983. I'm guessing the model work, perhaps, happens at Ealing Film Studios. Anyway, let's move on to broadcasts. Enlightenment is story 127, and is serial 5 from season 20, and follows on from Terminus, which I talked about in pod 499. It consisted of four around 25-minute episodes and was first broadcast from the 1st to the 9th of March 1983. Media releases. 1984. Barbara Clegg wrote the Target novel. Enlightenment was released on VHS in 1993 on DVD as part of the Black Guardian trilogy, which consisted of Mordrin Undead, Terminus, and Enlightenment in 2009, and was also released on DVD as part of the Doctor Who DVD files, and that was issue 57 in 2011. Oh, okay. I'm going to move on to the zeitgeist now. Before I do that, I've got to tell you, I've now got to monitor two sound sources. I've got to monitor external sound sources from my environment, as well as what I'm recording. So I'm now standing here like one of those irritating DJs with one of the cups of my headphones on one ear and the other ear open to the TARDIS, my studio. Ah, uh, okay, and there we are. I can hear some kind of engine in the distance. What are they doing? I'm already annoyed. Let's talk Zeitgeist and tell you what was happening on the 1st of March 1983. Both in the UK and the USA... Michael Jackson's Billie Jean was number one. Great song. Closer to home in the UK, British Leyland, BL, launched a miserable five-door hatchback, which was called the Austin Maestro. I remember that bloody car. I had a friend who had one. It was 
falling apart all the Austin Maestros, Montegos and Metros. We had a Metro. They all fell apart. They were complete and utter crap. They replaced the only slightly less terrible Austin Maxi and Allegro. Those were the predecessors. Yeah. Oh dear. The British car industry was not doing well at the time. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't really be laughing. Let's see. 1983? Mm, okay. I think our car was a few years later than that. I think it was uh, 1988 Metro, but it was nothing but trouble. Terrible brakes. Expensive to maintain. We did drive it a lot. Took it for trips everywhere. But again, that was another car that probably ended up in a scrap heap. <sighs> so much for Zeitgeist. <laughs> well, look, Michael Jackson's Billie Jean was number one. And after that, it was Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart, I think. Which, embarrassingly, I quite like. I don't know why am I embarrassed about that? Okay. You're now, hopefully, going to hear a clip if I got round to doing it. <laughs> if not, then you won't, but I'm guessing you will. And then I'm going to talk about... What? Oh, bugger. Ah, oh, can you believe that? I've just gestured with my hand and knocked over my water. One second. Oh my god, it's all going the TARDIS tonight. <laughs> we're not on a yacht, we're on a ship. A spaceship. You ephemerals have such inventive ways of inflicting pain. Enlightenment was not the diamond. Enlightenment was the choice. Let's get away from here. Anywhere in particular. Yes, my planet. My home. Okay. Let me tell you what happens in Enlightenment from 1983. The TARDIS materialises in the hold of an Edwardian yacht. The Doctor gets Turlow to reluctantly explore with him because he says he's an abject coward. They, the Doctor and Turlow, meet some sailors who are suffering from amnesia though they say they can remember that they are in a race. The Doctor and Turlow soon discover that the ship and other antique vessels are in a sailing race in space under the command of a race of beings called the Eternals, with a spellbound human crew called Ephemerals by the Eternals. The prize for winning the race is Enlightenment, awarded by the Black and White Guardians. Oh, oh unbelievable. What is going on tonight? Oh my god, you won't believe what I just did. I just whacked the mic stand with my hand. Another wild gesture. What am I doing tonight? Okay. It transpires, though, that the Eternals, sorry about that interruption, are not 
above cheating and a pirate ship commanded by the sadistic Captain Rack is destroying other vessels. Turlo, in a moment of madness, fed up of being controlled by the Black Guardian, jumps off the Edwardian ship, immediately regrets his suicide attempt, but luckily is picked up by the pirate ship. Captain Rack takes pleasure in tormenting Turlo when he's captured. He's tied up and she brandishes a dagger and talks about skinning him alive. I think that's what she says. Something horrible anyway. At around the same time, Captain Rack invites the other officers of the other ships to her pirate ship for a party. This is a ruse for a nefarious purpose that she has. Once the Doctor and Tegan come aboard the pirate ship, they are reunited with Turlow, and then the Doctor and Turlow seek Rack's secret weapon below decks, the weapon that she's using to destroy those other ships. Meanwhile, Rack bewitches Tegan and places a gem in Tegan's tiara. You see, Tegan's wearing this fancy outfit for the party. The gem will act as a targeting device for Rack's secret weapon when Tegan returns to the Edwardian ship. Back on that ship, and at the very last moment, the Doctor deduces that the gem is the targeting device and throws it into space where it explodes harmlessly. And thus, the Edwardian ship wins. Hurrah! The ephemeral sailors, these puny mortal humans, are released to return to Earth and they fade away. The Black and the White Guardians offer enlightenment to the Doctor for being instrumental in the Edwardian ship winning the race. The Doctor, however, refuses, and so they decide to award Turlow with a priceless diamond. And he can have that and more, the Black Guardian says, if he kills the Doctor. Turlow refuses quite dramatically and throws the diamond at the Black Guardian. The Black Guardian seemingly dies screaming and burning. The Doctor says that the reward wasn't material, but the choice of enlightenment. After all this stress, Turlow unsurprisingly, demands to be taken home. And that is it for the plot of Enlightenment from 1983. Let me now tell you what I thought. The most glaring thing for a modern viewer or someone who's a fan of Star Trek The Next Generation is, of course, that the Eternals seeming omnipotence and disregard and fascination for mortal ephemerals reminded me of the Q continuum from Star Trek The Next Generation, 
we can particularly see that relationship from the way Tegan gains an eternal admirer that can't seem to leave her alone because her mind is so alive. I suppose we're like fireflies to them. Let's talk Captain Rack next. <laughs> the actress Linda Barron clearly relishes chewing the scenery as Captain Rack. Captain Rack is a buxom in that outfit. Vivacious, sadistic dominatrix who thoroughly enjoys frightening the living daylights out of the trussed up Turlow. And later she easily sees through his attempts at deception and manipulation. She isn't someone to be trifled with. And it's a really outstanding performance. It's the show-stopping performance of this story. I'm waving my hand again. I've got to be really careful with that hand. Captain Rack's first mate, Mansell, is played cool and sinister by the aforementioned Lee John of... Uh, what, what was that band again? Uh, oh. Of course. Imagination. That's... Amazing song, just an illusion. Let's uh, talk about Turlow for a moment. It's hardly surprising that Turlow wants to return home. He's wanted to do so since the Black Guardian trilogy began, and that's been his primary motivation. And frankly, when he does leave, I'll be glad to see him go. The self-confessed coward and blatant self-server was nothing but trouble. At least, though, at the end, like Adric, he did manage at least one selfless act. I don't know if I'm being overly harsh with Turlow, because there are other characters from other British science fiction, particularly characters like Avon, who are all those things, selfish, cowardly, self-serving. But they also seem brave and romantic. It's the whole rake thing, or the heel thing, or the villain thing. These two chaps, Doctor Who's companions, Adric and Vizlor Turlow, they're just more like Grima Wormtongue from the Lord of the Rings. They're just slimy and a bit icky. Uh, no, maybe that's a hypocritical way of looking at things. I don't know. I just don't like those two characters, and I don't think the audience is supposed to like them either. Tegan certainly isn't a fan of those two. Moving on to Turlow's selfless act. I suppose, initially, everyone like Turlow would love the idea of unbelievable material wealth, but at the cost of doing something horribly evil, I suppose that demographic is reduced. Although, I've been thinking about this, I wrote this in the show notes because I didn't know how else to address this. 
Maybe I'm being too generous to humankind, given how much of the worst side of human nature we seem to be seeing in the news recently, and continuing to see that. <sighs> okay, on to a lighter topic. The close-ups of Turlow, which is perhaps the symptoms of our much better televisions nowadays, show him with these insanely long eyebrows. I have been wondering whether those are prop eyebrows. If there is such a thing, there must be prop eyebrows. And they were on him to show how alien he is? Or are they natural? Look, if they are natural eyebrows, Mark Strickson, if you're listening, you're not. But if you're listening, I apologise. But I also would like to compliment and congratulate you on owning such impressive beetles. Let's be silly again and talk about the outfits. This time, the dove and raven headgear of the white and black guardians. I thought that metaphor was far too obvious. The raven symbolising, I suppose, war and evil, and the white dove, the dove of peace. But more than that, the execution of that headwear is utterly ludicrous. I don't know who came up with the costume design, and I apologise if you spent a long time on this, if you're still alive, but those hat-slash-hoods with the birds on top look as though they've had dead birds stuffed and then smashed onto the top of their heads. I get that it's supposed to be symbolic, but frankly it's shambolic. At the end, in the script, I would say it is as well that the White Guardian expands on the apparent death of the Black Guardian, because I'd almost forgotten about Tom Baker's The Key to Time. Malarkey, Palava, Palarkey. Let me read you a quote, and this is from The White Guardian. Be vigilant, Doctor. Once you denied him the key to time. Now you have thwarted him again. He will be waiting for the third encounter, and his power does not diminish. If you're interested in the earlier key-to-time stories, we covered those in... Well, when I say we, that's a royal we, I mean me. <laughs> I covered them in pods 404, 405, 411, 414, 418, and 420. And if you're really enthusiastic, you can go back and listen to those. Ah. I do wonder if we're going to see the white or the black guardian in the future of our revisit. I just can't remember. I can't remember the first time round. I'm guessing yes... I'm not sure. Okay. Those were my brief thoughts on the Doctor Who adventure from 1983, titled Enlightenment. Let's move on to some trivia. The VFX 
for the ships was designed by a chap called Mike Kelt. He based the ship models on research that he did at the National Maritime Museum in Greenwich. As I am a boaty and a spacey chap, ships in space are just my thing. My favourite ship of the lot was an ancient Greek trireme that buys it quite early on, (laughs) unfortunately. Ah, oh well. And that is it for my revisit of Enlightenment. Let's talk Halloween. After this revisit, this one right now, expect our usual All Things Geek episode, and then following that there will be a massive and sudden surge in horror-themed podcasting over the Halloween period, which, no surprise, is one of my favourite times of the year. This is going to be the start of a new series of classic British horror revisits, something very iconic, very familiar to people who are into horror, particularly British horror, so tune in if that's your body bag. Ah, Halloween. I'm going out tomorrow for lunch. Not doing anything Halloween-themed, but I'll certainly be black-clad. Okay. If you're looking forward to that, I suggest you get your ears cleaned. (laughs) Because that is five podcasts in five days. I will be extremely surprised if I'm still alive after that. Hopefully I will be, though. Or I'll be undead. Oh my god, I'm so old and corny. Okay, I don't really have anything else to say other than wishing everyone's having or had a good weekend. No, I think you'll probably get this sometime tomorrow, Saturday, so you'll be in the midst of your weekend and I hope it will be good. For now, I'm going to go and have a rest because I've got a full day in London tomorrow. A full day of leisure in London tomorrow. That's the important thing. And then I'll be podcasting again. I said tomorrow. It is tomorrow. What a complete idiot. Yeah, sorry. Later today, I'll have a full day in London and then I'll be podcasting again tonight. As opposed to this morning, that's still night. My God, time's so complicated. I'm just waffling. I'm just waffling and my feet are killing me. Okay, let's end this now. Let's put this out of its misery. The show that you just listened to is presented, produced, edited, made, fretted over, worried over, Obsessed over by me, Roy Matur, a writer. Matur is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R for the love of the Dark One himself. If you can't spell my name by now, what the hell's wrong with you? And if you can't pronounce it... (laughs) I've got a bit of a chip on my shoulder about that. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMatur.com. 
If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen, recommend it to a friend or mortal enemy. Or click on the contact or support link on the website. Yes, you can support me with actual money. If you're feeling generous. And have pockets to support me. Pockets. Everyone's got pockets. I meant deep pockets. They don't have to be that deep. They can be shallow pockets. On Ko-Fi, the minimum payment's only £4, which is probably less than a coffee at Starbucks. Of course, you can also support me with a review, as long as it's an excellent review. I don't think all of them have been. Well, screw those people that gave me a bad review. And thank you to those who gave me a good review. Or star rating. Ah, where were we? Okay, yeah. (laughs) Completely lost my friend. Thanks for tuning in to Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK Geek Science Fiction Fantasy and Horror Podcast, episode 505, I think. Yes, taped on Saturday the 28th of October 2023, and the time at the end of the show is 01.25.00. Thanks for listening, and be sure to listen again, and, and, and bye-bye for now. Bye!